Would you stand for just a moment? I'm going to begin reading in verse 10. We'll read on through verse 12. And this is a letter that Paul wrote to the church at Thessalonica. And I just want you to understand something when we're reading this. uh, This book was written to believers. (laughs) This letter was written to a church. And this is written to folks that know uh, evidently about Christ and many who were saved and know Christ as Savior. This is who it was written to. And he says in verse 10, Ye are witnesses, and God also, how holily and justly and unblameably we behaved ourselves among you that believe. As ye know how we exhorted and comforted and charged every one of you as a father doth his children, that ye would walk worthy of God who hath called you unto his kingdom and glory. You may be seated. And we find in this letter Paul referred to his behavior among the believers. What I want you to understand is I want you to see that last part of verse 10. Among you that believe. You ought to underline that in your Bible. Paul is saying, I'm writing this among you that believe. And so he said, what I'm sharing with you is we uh, behave a certain way among you. And he's talking about this blameless behavior. He said, unblameably or blameless behavior. And our life among the saved and the unsaved should be a life that testifies of Christ. And when you think about this word, blameless behavior, we'll get into it in just a moment, but a life that testifies of Christ. And it comes by way of a testimony about how we behave ourselves around other people, around people who are saved, because he's talking to the believed, those that believe. He's talking to the believer. How do you behave yourself around those that believe? But how do you behave even when you're outside these four walls? What's your attitude and your actions is your spirit like outside these four walls? Because, you know, even when I go on vacation, I find it amazing. I run into believers sometimes when I go on vacation. I was out on the pier in the middle of Virginia one time, and I was out on a pier, and a guy walked up to me, and he said, there's something different about your spirit. And he introduced himself, and he told me, and he was trying to witness to me the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, and I was saved. I was so excited. I was getting witness to. Amen? I was hoping by that time, Brother Aaron, I was going to catch me a boatload of fish. <laughs> And the thing of it is, is that how do we behave ourselves among people that believe? Now, as we think about this, when you consider the word disciple, we could use another word for that, a student. Would you agree? Probably a student of the word, a disciple, someone who really studies. I remember when I was in college, there were times we'd have to take these tests and we would try to cram for it. You know what you can't cram for? You can't cram for life, amen? (laughs) But boy, we need to study the Bible so that we know how to live our life. We need to become a student of the Bible. And when you think about being a student as a good student of Christ, it encompasses this idea of, and think about it, if I'm a disciple, if I'm a student, it requires some discipline, doesn't it? Discipline in our own lives. What kind of discipline? Well, uh, a discipline to say, you know what, I've read this book of Thessalonians before, but I'm going to read it again. Only this time when I read it, I'm going to break out a notepad. When I break out that notepad, I'm going to think about what God's actually saying and how he's speaking to me and and, and what he's talking about. And folks, you know, the wonderful thing about opening up the scriptures is Paul was a real man who really lived. He really wrote this letter. There really was a church in Thessalonica. These people are real. He was really writing to a group of people. And, And the thing about it is, is once you understand the setting and you understand the letter and you understand what he's doing, and then you begin to understand how God was working through this man to feed these people the word of God, it's amazing. 
and how it nourishes us up. And so it has this idea of discipline as well. And you know, to have a good testimony, man, it requires us to consider our conduct. How do we behave? <laughs> what are we like when no one else is watching too, eh, man? Because that's part of our testimony. What are we like when no one else is watching? And consider our conduct or how we behave ourselves among those that believe. Now, here's the challenge for you tonight. Would your life be a testimony of blameless behavior for Christ? Would your life be a testimony of blameless behavior for Christ? Now, as we look at this, uh, the, uh, the implementation of the Scriptures is what helps us to develop a strong spiritual life and a testimony that the Lord can use to influence others for Christ Jesus. There's nothing I want more to influence people for Christ. When I say that, I want, first of all, to share the gospel with them that they might get saved. Amen? So that's the first influence I can have on their life is to share the gospel with them and they trust Christ as Savior. Beyond that, what can I do to help them understand God's Word? And so especially those that believe. Now, we've got some new folks that we've led to the Lord. They're new believers. Uh, uh, we're trying to get them to come into the house of God. I'm going to take them into my class. I'm going to try to teach them. But what can you do to help these folks that now believe? Are you with me? Because one of the things Paul does not address here is how long they believed. <laughs> what was the time frame? There was no certainty to that. But they believed. Now, we're given areas of discipline as a Christian that should be a life of conduct that testifies of blameless behavior. One of the things that he points out, he said, you are witnesses. And so Paul saying to them, you're witnesses. And so Paul's testimony. So we should have blameless behavior in our witness. Would you agree? In our witness to others, we ought to have some blameless behavior. Secondly, I thought about this. He points out in verse 11, and this is amazing, he says, as ye know how we exhorted and comforted and charged them and every one of you as a father does his children. <laughs> you know God is telling us in that case that when we're around those that believe, we're like spiritual parents. We need to help people. And as spiritual parents, what are you doing? Now, I have my own children at home, and I raise them up, and I train them, and I teach them, but I, I want to teach them as a spiritual parent as well. I want them to know God's word, but Paul's saying, hey, all of you that were there, all of you that were among us, one of the things that I did is I cared for you like a father would his child. <laughs> so as a spiritual parent, we ought to have some blameless behavior. And then lastly this, that you would walk worthy of God. In other words, that we ought to have blameless behavior in our walk with God. People ought to be able to see us and see our life and our lifestyle, and it testifies of our Savior. <laughs> and so I'm going to challenge us in our thinking tonight as witnesses. First of all, he said to these folks, he said, ye are witnesses, and notice this, and God also. You ought to underline that in your Bible. I want you to know God is watching us. <laughs> he is watching your life. And so when he says, ye are witnesses, Paul was saying, you folks over there at that church, I have a testimony. I've witnessed to you on how I live, and you are witnesses of how I witness to you. But let me tell you this in addition to that. God knows this also. God knows how we behave. And so I remember when I was a boy, and, uh, you know, we, we, I had, uh, there was a lot of kids in our family. How many of you know what a Vista Cruiser is? Anybody know what a Vista Cruiser is? Vista Cruiser was, uh, you remember, and, and it had like the skylight in it. They called it the moonlight or whatever it was. It wasn't, a, you couldn't open the roof or anything, but it had glass in the top of the 
car so you could see the moon at night. It was a Vista Cruiser. Go look it up. It's an amazing car. Dad could jam 10 kids in it. That's why we had it. <laughs> but I remember when we would go somewhere, Mom would say this. We'd get in that car, and she'd load us up all in there, and she said, now, Bob, and why me? I have no idea, Connie, because I was a great kid. Just ask me. And, uh, and she said, now, Bob, listen to me. You mind your behavior, boy. Do you understand? You mind your manners. How many of you have ever heard your mama say that? You mind your manners when you get over there, boy. And the thing of it is, she wanted me to make sure that I would mind what I was doing while I was in someone else's house. Now, whether we was going to my aunt's house or we were going to a friend's house of hers or whatever, when I'd get in that car, she would always say to me, mind your manners, boy. Now, I knew what that meant. And Kyle, sometimes, it didn't matter if she told me that. I was thinking, I'm going over to Aunt Vi's house, and I know what I'm going to do when I get there. And the thing of it is, is that my behavior wasn't what it ought to have been. Well, you know, when my behavior wasn't what it ought to have been, Mom had some things and some medicine for that behavior. And the thing of it is, is that I look at this, and Paul said, you are witnesses in God also how holy and justly and unblameably, unblameably we behave as believers we should have a high sensitivity to how we're behaving. Amen. We ought to have a high sensitivity to how we behave. Because you see, you're a child of God if you're saved. Amen. And he wants you to mind your manners when you're around other people. <laughs> how you behave matters to God. Now listen, Paul said, you're witnesses, and God also. So God sees our behavior. But we, we, we ought to mind our manners around other people. We ought to have a higher sensitivity to our behavior toward others and, you know, in our witness, not only to the saved, but to the unsaved as well. And when you are saved, by the way, it's not freedom to do as you please. And I've heard people say, well, I'm saved now. I can do whatever I want. That seems foolish to me because the Scriptures teach us something a little bit different, doesn't it? And the thing of it is, is that when we're saved, we ought to be more conscientious of what our behavior is like. What our mouth says, what our ears listen to, what our eyes see, how we behave around other people should matter. And we ought to have a little higher sensitivity level to that. I was thinking about how it says in Romans 6, 1 and 2, what shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? He said, God forbid that you would do that. Put that thought to death. Why would we behave in a manner that would go against the testimony of Christ as a child of God? My daddy used to say to me when I would go out, he would say this to me, and he'd say, now listen, do not ruin our name. That meant something to him. When you go uptown, those folks know me, and you behave yourself. And what he was telling me is, you have a testimony of mine that you're taking somewhere else, and I want you to mind that testimony. Do you understand that? And the thing of it is, is he wanted to make sure that I didn't do anything to hurt our name. And I wonder if he cares about what we do with his name. You think he does? Amen. How we behave matters to God. And so when I look in the scriptures, he said, what shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? He said, God forbid. Now listen, how shall we that are dead to sin live any longer therein? Why should we behave like the world does? Why should we go back to those old attitudes and actions? There needs to be a change in you, and the manner of life would be that Paul indicated here that we ought to be a little more dedicated, a little more devoted, a little more faithful to God and His Word. Amen? Amen. We, ought to, we ought to be concerned about that. We ought to be concerned about how God sees me and how I present myself or my testimony to others 
about Christ Jesus because your life is your testimony. <laughs> How you live and the things you do and the things you say testify. Paul said, you are witnesses in God also. And how we behaved ourselves among you that believe, how do you behave even around those that believe? What do you like? You see, it's important that we understand that we have a testimony and we ought to be careful. We ought to be a little more guarded with, a little more sensitive to those things at times. This would then tell us that our actions should be actions that would glorify the Lord, especially in our witness to one another. And we find that the testimony of Paul had been among those that believe is one that demonstrated what I would consider maybe more like a fair and impartial spirit toward those folks over there. And he, he didn't uh, 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 kind of uh, highlight one family over another or try to elevate one person over another. He said, listen, we're all on common ground. Amen. <laughs> Jesus saved us all. <laughs> and you're no different than me. And our societal uh, ways in which we live today, you know, based on your income, depends on how I'm going to treat you, and that's foolishness. And how people get that uh, from uh, the Scriptures, I can't figure it out, but what I see in the Scriptures is that we're all on even ground. We're all at the foot of the cross. Paul said his desire, I would probably say it this way, I just want to be squeaky clean. Amen? You know what squeaky clean is, right? <laughs> when you clean the windows, right? Then you can see out of it and there's no spots. And I think Paul just wanted this innocent testimony. He wanted to have this kind of pure personality, how he conducted himself uh, around those that believed. I think he had a polite manner at times toward others. And I think you see times where he had to write heavy-handedly, but I believe when he was around those folks, they even said, your demeanor when you're around us is very different than when you write to us. And he was tough at times in some of his writings, but when he was with them, you can see there was something about him that was different. And so as I look at this, I begin to think, what are some things that were said about Paul? Well, over at Corinth, he said, receive us. We have no, we've wronged no man. We've corrupted no man. We've defrauded no man. He said, we haven't done anything wrong. <laughs> uh, here at Thessalonica, you go over to chapter 2, and he says in verse 7 of chapter 3, he said, for yourselves know how you ought to follow us, for we behave not ourselves disorderly among you. And he said right here in, in, in this particular book, in chapter 1 and verse 5, he says, uh, For our gospel came not unto you in word only, but also in power and in the Holy Ghost, and in much assurance, as ye know what manner of men we were among you for your sake. You know how we behaved. You know how we acted amongst you. Hey, listen, that is your testimony. <laughs> how are you behaving? And if we want to have followers of Christ, then we ourselves ought to be a strong witness for the Lord in our behavior. He said over in 1 Corinthians 4, 16, he said, Wherefore I beseech you, be ye followers of me. Why would he say that? And listen, we ought to have a testimony that folks would want to follow us as we follow Christ. Amen? Not that they're actually following Paul or following me, but they would be following Christ as we do. Amen? And that's what Paul was really telling them. And so as we look at this, could you be so bold as a Christian as Paul was to say, hey, follow me. Follow me. I've shared with you many times how I set my children on the couch at one time. And in Proverbs chapter uh, 26 there in verse 23, it, it says, My son, give me thine heart and let thine eyes observe my ways. You see, the responsibility falls back on the dad, doesn't it? He said, my son, give me thine heart and let thine eyes observe my ways. Would you be willing to tell another Christian, 
hey, give me your heart and then watch me. Isn't that what Paul's saying? Give me your heart and then watch me. Watch what I'm doing. And so Paul brings us forth, and often as believers, I think sometimes we can just get in that mode where we just kind of coast along in our beliefs. Do you hear what I just said? We just kind of coast along in what our beliefs are. And we forget about really applying things to our lives. We just kind of coast along. We just know what it says. So we just kind of coast along with it. And, 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 and I think the challenge to you tonight is that we apply these truths to our personal life and, and we never, never get to the place where we're inconsiderate of others and especially those that believe and especially those new converts that we don't get to the place where it's like unimportant to us but it becomes something that's very important to us. And by the way, it was so important to him that he made a comment here as you know how we exhorted and comforted and charged every one of you as a father does his child. I think we should strive for a witness that is blameless behavior. Now, why would I want to do that? Well, for the name of my Savior, Jesus Christ. <laughs> That's why I'd want to do it. Not to impress people, but to make sure that I have a strong testimony toward other believers in my relationship with Christ Jesus. And then I think we have to consider also, as Christians, our role is what I might consider even a guardian, as a spiritual parent, so in verse 10, if you would write something up there, I'd write blameless behavior ought to be present in our life as a witness. And then in verse 11, you could write out there, as a spiritual parent. As a spiritual parent. And, and this is not Paul lording over others, nor is it him trying to be the Holy Spirit in another man's life. He saw his role as one to encourage others in their life with Christ. And this would be accomplished through what we could see here in these three words that he used, exhorted, comforted and charged. And so he uses those three words to say what we ought to be doing as a spiritual parent. Now, I'll tell you what. I had a grandma, Edith, and I love my grandma. And I'm going to tell you something. I played baseball when I was a kid, and I had no one scream any louder or tell me exactly what I was supposed to be doing. And she was always encouraging me the whole time I was playing the game. If I hit the ball, I knew I hit the ball sometimes before I hit it because Grandma screamed that I had hit the ball. He hit it. Run, Bob, run, run. And, and I mean, she was only four foot ten. If that's what she tells you. She was four foot eight and a half. But she said she was four foot ten, and she was four foot ten, buddy. But she would get behind that fence, and man, if that ump would call something, she'd yell at that umpire and scream at him and say, he didn't strike out. I mean, she'd be yelling at people. And I played third base, and she'd say, you get that ball over there. And I mean, she was there. And when I would lose, I'd come out of there, and she'd say, it's okay, honey. Come here. You did your best. Boy, while I was there, she was exhorting me, wasn't she? She was trying to encourage me. And man, whenever I'd come out of there, she'd put her arm around me and she'd comfort me. And then she'd do this, Chris. Your next game, you're going to do much better. She charged me. She challenged me, didn't she? You ain't going to mess up those throws next time. children, unless it was their diapers, you know what I mean? <laughs> and the thing of it is, is that God changes the heart of a person. That's why you take them to the Word of God and show them what God's Word says. 
Now, don't be the Holy Spirit and stand up there and say, well, bless God, I'm going to tell you right now. You la, 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 la. Now, be a good Christian. That ain't going to work out. What you need to do is say, let me show you what the Bible says. So if someone has a problem with lying, wouldn't it be good to show them what the Bible has to say about lying? With my children, I would take them to the Word of God and say, let me show you what the Bible says. To a person that has a problem, show them what God's Word says about that problem. You see, as a spiritual parent, I want to take them to my Father, amen, and show them what the Father has to say to them. So what did he say? It's not our role to be the Holy Spirit or try to bring conviction upon the life of another, but encouraging them. And, and listen, this newfound freedom that they have in Christ is not so that they can do wrong, it's so that they can do right now. And he used the word exhorted, and you think about that, to, to encourage or entreat or pull near, he said in Hebrews 3.13, but exhort one another daily while it's called today, lest that any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. What you want to do is you want to bring them to the Word of God. <laughs> because sin is deceitful, and you want them to see the truth. You want to exhort them daily. He says he comforted, he consoled them, he, he came near to them. In Philippians 2, 1 through 4, if there be therefore any consolation in Christ, if any comfort of love, if any fellowship of the Spirit, if any bowels of mercy, fulfill ye my joy that ye be like-minded and having the same love of one accord, of one mind. Let nothing be done through strife or vainglory, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem other better than themselves. Look not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. He's saying, man, let's look out for one another. <laughs> let's help one another. Let's be an encouragement to one another. The easiest thing in the world to do is be a critic. It's hard to fix things, isn't it? It's easy to criticize. It's hard to fix them. How many of you remember Siskel and Ebert, the guys that used to give thumbs up or thumbs down to a movie, right? They were movie critics. They went and sat in the theater and determined whether I should go see a film or not by their thumb up or thumb down. <laughs> And they said, well, it's a thumbs up or it's a thumbs down. You know what I mean? And so because of their criticism, I should or should not go see something. And I thought to myself for just a moment, you know, that's how we are sometimes in our life. We give people a thumbs up or a thumbs down. If we give them a thumbs down, I ain't messing with them no more. But boy, if they have the same convictions I do and I can lay into them and they'll just get their heart right with God and I, they'll just follow everything that I say and do what, I mean, I'll give them a thumbs up. And the reality is, is that we ought to let God work on their heart through the scriptures. We ought to esteem them better than ourselves. We ought to reach out to them. We ought to console them and comfort them and love them and fellowship with them and have mercy on them. And we ought to do all of those things. And when I look at this, he comforted them. This is a parental view of other believers in the sense that we're watching out for one another and caring for one another, encouraging one another. When the kids would get sick and they would have fevers in the night and they would cry and, and Anita would get up and go get the baby and bring him in and comfort the child and give them, you know, uh, stuff to reduce the fever or they were cutting teeth and they're whining or crying or they were colicky or whatever was going on with that child. As a mother, she'd go in there and just try to comfort that baby. <laughs> But boy, when we become Christians, sometimes we're tough on one another rather than comforting one another and caring for one another. 
reaching out to one another. And then he said that I charged you. He said, uh, I bared witness or record or testified or gave a testimony. He used the same language when he was talking to Timothy. He said, this charge I, uh, this charge I commit unto thee, son Timothy, according to the prophecies which went before on thee, that thou uh, by them mightest war a good warfare. I'm charging you to stick with the stuff. You see, our challenge shouldn't be to just kick them when they do wrong. It's to go and help them and encourage them and comfort them and console them and show them and say, here's what it says, and then help them fight that good fight. Show them that good warfare. The, the Bible is the, is the book that will help them overcome in their time of need. And I think as a father would encourage their own child, so Paul encouraged these believers, and we ought to do the same. And I believe we should strive as a spiritual parent, encouraging them and, uh, and us maintaining this blameless behavior for the namesake of Christ. And the last thought is this. Our life should demonstrate godly conduct. Notice what Paul said here. You're a witnesses and God also, as you know how we exhorted and comforted you as a father doth his children, and that ye would walk worthy of God. Walk worthy of God. <laughs> Folks, when you read stuff in the Bible, does it prick your heart? I read that and I thought, I wonder <laughs> if I walk worthy of God. How about you? You read the Bible? When you read that or you saw that tonight, did you ask yourself, I wonder if I walk worthy of God? That's a tough question, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Paul charged us to do so, didn't he? And so as I look at this, our life ought to demonstrate godly conduct in our walk. You know, it's a hard pill to swallow at times, but many who know that you claim to be a Christian, watch how you live your life. <laughs> That's a hard pill to swallow sometimes, isn't it? They're watching you all the time. I got people that come in and out of this door every day, all day long. We had uh, uh, a delivery the other day. And uh, so I tried to invite the guy to church, you know, and uh, he was in a hurry. And uh, <laughs> I, I don't want to let anybody out the door without a track, amen? <laughs> so I don't care what you're delivering here, you know what I mean? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get you a track before you walk out the door. If you came here accidentally, I'm going to give you a track, <laughs> you know what I mean? But the thing of it is, is that we ought to, as, as Christians, realize that people are watching us. They're watching your life. You know, Carrie and Dave, I think about Caleb, and I think about Gianna a lot. And I think, I wonder what they see in their pastor when he's walking. I think about Caleb the other night giving those verses to me. And I see in your son a sensitive heart. He cares about people. And I'm wondering if God might just call that little boy into the ministry one day. Amen? Boy, I want to have a good testimony before that little guy. Amen? How about you? And I don't know what God's going to do with Caleb's life. But boy, I don't want to be the reason that Caleb would turn away from God. How about you? And you know, we ought to really be concerned about how we walk. Paul certainly, through his testimony here, clearly understood that others were watching him, not just the words, but his actions toward others. So the phrase, to walk worthy, has this idea as the conduct of one's life. What's your life like? 
And then the conduct of your life, is it wise? Is it a fitting kind of life that would, would show Christianity, that would show Christ? Is it the kind of life that's kind of occupied with a lifestyle that's of a godly sort? Or would it be different than that? And, and I got to thinking, to walk worthy, your walk can help us sustain unity in the faith among believers and, and, and how we behave. We ought to have a good testimony among each other. And then we ought to have a good testimony as a church in our community. Ephesians 4, 1, and 3, 1 through 3, it says, I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you that you walk worthy of the vocation wherewith you are called, with all lowliness and meekness, with long suffering, forbearing one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. Therefore, how you conduct yourself outside of these four walls shares a testimony with others about what you believe and who you believe in. I think Paul was saying the same thing. So think about this. To a believer, as Paul was writing, indicated how we behaved among those who believe. Therefore, our walk should also testify to those that are saved. And here Paul did not put a time frame on this, but certainly there must have been those that have been saved for a period of time. But this letter is a faith-based letter. It's a testimony. It's talking to them. And in fact, when you go back and you look at verse 10, you are witnesses in God also. He said, listen, I want you to know God's watching us. The Lord's watching you and me. And so are other people. They're watching you. And so what's my testimony like? Over in Colossians 1.10, he said, that you might walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. This is teaching us that we should have a higher sensitivity to level to those things. As you see it here, we ought to walk worthy of God. We ought to understand that our walk testifies of what we believe. How we behave toward other people testifies to what we believe. <laughs> In this case, it's God, the one who attributed to us or gave us the possession of his characteristics. If you look at this, he said that you will walk worthy of God who hath called you unto the kingdom. <laughs> He's attributed something to you. He's given something to you, hasn't he? He's made. He's, he said, listen, I called you. I, 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 I called you into my kingdom. And I, I'm going to robe you with my glory. Boy, we ought to take care of what God has done for us. And, and we ought to take it more seriously. In, case, in this case, it's God, the one who saved us, who's given us a place in his kingdom and placed us in his glory. This then should bring us to the place where we say, you know what? <laughs> I'm going to walk worthy, maintaining that blameless behavior in my life. Why? Because you are witnesses. He's witnessing it. I have a responsibility to the people that are around me as a spiritual parent. And boy, I ought to have a testimony as I walk. I walk for God. Let's pray. Father, we love you.